0: This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be hey everybody, this is Gary V Nerdchuck, episode two sixty four of the Ask Gary V Show. And I'm very excited today. First of all, I'm pumped that the Ask Gary V Show is now on the watch infrastructure on Facebook. This is where you watch the show, this is where it is. Daily V living on YouTube, Ask Gary V Show living on the watch platform. Tony, you you are one of my favorite humans, personalities, investors, entrepreneurs. Have you have you seen this happen last week or two? You're aware that Facebook is now producing original Programming like the Ball family has a show on Facebook. It's only really launched this last week. Has that hit your radar yet? Are is you it where? My radar
1: In terms of just have you talking consumed about a show it, yet? But I haven't consumed Understood. it. I'm just back from Tokyo. Understood,
0: uh, Tony. Why don't you tell the Vayner Nation and then Vayner Nation? One thing I'm spending a lot of time thinking about is with the Ask Gary V show, as it's now mm-hmm. going to kind of get even more geared up now that we're investing heavily in the in the Facebook original programming in this way. Is I want to have the right mix between. People that you know that are not necessarily in the business world—an athlete, a rapper, things like that. People that you may know that are like spending a lot of time, like myself, self-promoting and doing that things, you know. And then probably the thing that I really want to add, and Tony, you represent this for me. People that I deem as bringing enormous value. I I literally, literally, it's not a joke. Just to give you guys context, chopping myself, you know, cutting myself off. (laughs) I texted Tony, who's a friend. I'll let him introduce himself in a minute, and. Like, I'm like, bro, you need the world to know who you are. You're a, like, I've said this to you in multiple times through the years that I think you are a star.
1: Oh, wow. Thank because you. Because
0: of the way you communicate and your aura and how you see the world. And it's just, there's something about you that interests me. And so I'm making a commitment to the Ask Gary Vee show to bring out acquaintances, friends, or even people I don't know that I think need, a, need exposure from the sense of, I'm being selfish, I feel like it's gonna bring a ton of value to my audience to get to know them and follow them, and it's also gonna be fun for me to watch them go, whoa, wait a minute, what does this mean, Like, what should I do with this, maybe newfound, a little bit of exposure? That's what this feels like, Tony, that's the setup. Say hello to the Vayner Nation. All right,
1: I am pumped to be here. I love Gary's audience, I love Gary. I've known you for a long time, I've watched your evolution. It's phenomenal, I, I just, I'm like proud to be your friend, man. Thank you, man. I love the way you represent yourself.
0: Do do, do the uh, origin story. Let's go comic book here. Like, where'd you grow up? What what were you into? How did your career start, and where are you today?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in a very small farming community in the um, uh, northeastern part of the state of Indiana. 5,000 people, really, really small. I always like to say that nine kids out of 122 in my graduating class went to college so it's that kind of that kind of spot right really good people yep. uh but very local people yes. and um so it's not an obvious path what kind you, of how you graduate you get high this. school oh god you really oh dude man it. that's people people have been trying to get my age for a while let's just call it you Know in the 1980s, respect <laughs> it might be 1980 exactly, <laughs> <Respect>. but hey, yeah, 1980s, right? To paint the picture, yeah. So I, went to, I went to college at Indiana University. Um, were you a good student? Uh, yeah, I was a pretty good student because it came you know? easy to you because you're smart. Well, I'm like, I'm I curious. tell you what, man, you like, put you I think a lot it. of people will probably understand this when you're uh, when you're kind of growing up in that type of environment where it's not obvious, where you haven't had what I'll call some unfair advantages, yes. right? Um, You know, it's it's you know, I was a good student. I worked really hard. I got straight A's in in high school. Um, I did really well on the SATs because, you know, whatever I had to. to. I got to college. And as soon as I got there my freshman year, dude, I almost had a meltdown in that first (laughs) semester. I studied like I think I studied more than any human being ever on the face of the earth, right? Like I was so panicked because I met all these kids from Indianapolis and from Chicago and big urban environments, and I just Felt so ill prepared. Yeah. I felt so underwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, yeah, tutors, or overwhelmed by went the entire to thing. School and all yeah, this kind of well, stuff, right? just you know, I just didn't feel yeah. like I I was worthy yet, yeah. right? And so you, were like, over- you guys milk cows? <laughs> <I'm> like what? <laughs> I remember I came home, dude. I came home after about five weeks. And God bless my parents, man. My my family is awesome. I came home and I said to my mom, I said, "Can I get some new clothes?" Because I just, dude, I was wearing hush puppies and I just, you know, I did not look like a college student. Um, But I went back and I did really well. I I did really, really well that first year and I developed a lot of confidence. Um, From there I graduated in uh, (laughs) 1984. I moved to Chicago. Uh, shortly thereafter, I moved to New York. I ended up working for a great guy, uh, Antoine Rabou from BSN um, in Paris. Um, he brought me to Paris. I spent about five years there. Then that I must have been a that, that was amazing. That's
0: an interesting transition. It's, it's amazing. Right? Well, Small actually. Town, you got to Chicago, much bigger town. Then you came to the Big Apple. I'll tell you the transition Please. for me. I
1: remember that first day of going to work and I stopped at the Equitable we Building. About Chicago? Yeah, right yeah. across from the Wrigley Building yep. there. You know I'm a big yep. Cubs fan, so. Are. Being across from yep. that Wrigley Building was yep. awesome. And I remember I stopped and I looked up. and Wait a it was just minute, real like, quick.
0: Now I'm interrupting because I'm getting excited. Are you telling me you were in Chicago during the '84 Cubs playoff run,
1: I was, dude, and that was more he- importantly, do you
0: hate Steve Garvey more than life? <laughs> <laughs> you never visited San Diego. Now that you've won, it probably doesn't hurt as much.
1: But I mean, that was heartbreaking. Two nothing, Leon Durham. Oh man, let's not. Thank God Bill Buckner came along. That nobody knows what Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa okay, this would be a lot really too painful if we didn't have last year. Yeah, 100%, but, keep but going. Anyways, I'm sorry. But anyways, I'm sorry. anyways, I got to I got to that building and I looked up and it's like a 40 story building and I I remember thinking like this is a long way from Indiana mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. I mean that was a gut-check moment it felt like that year again when I was yes. a freshman I just felt oh mm-hmm. am I ready for this right yeah. and do I got the this time I had the right clothes though mm-hmm. so yeah. so I went up there and I and I did well um, then before I went to Paris so I actually went to India to Delhi and that was my real eye-opening experience for this company BSN and uh, worked on, and, and uh what does BSN do? And well BSN now is go ahead, go ahead. called Group Danone. It's um, the third largest uh, consumer packaged goods company, CPG company yeah. in the world, massive brands, Evian, Dan and Company, yeah. Nabisco, yeah. lots of different products. And so, you know, you want to work in populations where there, there are a large number of people mouths to feed, yes. right? So India was a prize, you know, kind of job to go get in yes. development. So I started off there that was quite eye-opening for somebody from Indiana. Um, Then I moved my way back to Paris and I spent, you know, almost five years in France. After that, I went to Indonesia. Um, I worked another four years running our mergers and acquisitions and corporate development for all of Southeast Asia. Ended up doing a lot of work in China. After so many miles on airplanes, I'd had a you know, had a couple kids. I got a dog along the way. I had a wife, obviously. I just remember thinking, like, this is—I just can't get on another airplane for yeah. a while, right? I was just living on an airplane, um, and so I just said, "I want to—I want to take a year off, and I want to move back to the states. Want to move back to where I'm walking down the street and everything's intuitive. Yep. And uh, moved to San Francisco because what everybody year? cut it. Nineteen ninety-six into ninety, into ninety-six, beginning ninety-seven. Perfect time. For yes. the tech revolution.
0: Yes. And so, what happens when you hit the, after the year off? So I And get real quick, actually, before I ask you that, uh, Facebook, uh, put in your phone numbers. We're gonna start asking questions of Tony here in a minute, and uh, and uh, so put those in. Andy K will pick it, and we'll get to that in a minute. Entrepreneurial questions. He'll get into his investing part in a minute. So uh, those are genres, and just just being cool. Tony's cool, so if you might ask <laughs> some questions on how to be cool, I think he, you know, that freshman year in college, he never wanted to not be cool again, and he's pulled it off. Go
1: ahead, Tony. Anyways, um, so I got there in 97, um, you know, I mean, the whole first big bubble was blowing up there, right? It was and Web were, 1.0. were you like,
0: what the hell's the internet? Or were you no, new, I knew you what the internet was, companies. because, yes. you
1: know, oddly enough, in France, yes. I'll go back to that moment where, so I got to France, and after a few months in Paris, I went to the company. And I said, listen, this is not going to work out, me being in Paris. Yeah. I, I you know, I just don't speak French at a level <laughs> that is going to work. And so I know this is going to be counterintuitive, but I want to go into the sales organization and I want to move outside of Paris, to which the first response was, but you don't speak French well enough to do sales. As exactly. That's the point. So I picked a spot on the border of Spain, a little town uh, called Perpignan, where Loic is yeah. from, oddly yeah. enough. That's wild. Um, Leuch,
0: the f- f- founder of Les Web." I'm yeah. uh, and, and very much part of the era when Tony Conrad and I became friends during that what I would call the Web 2.0 bubble. Yeah. So
1: you know, down the middle of nowhere, and I started doing you know, I started doing the sales job and teaching myself how you know to speak French you know at a higher level, and that really kind of served me well because you know as I started moving towards my career of being an investor, you know what I realized was that you know. I could figure this stuff out, right? You know, like I could overcome this. And I remember one of the things when we were doing the sales job was that we used the Minitel. Does anybody know about the Minitel? It's the first, you know, network computer system in the world, right? And this is early 90s. And so we were using the Minitel, and I just saw the power of that ability to be able to digitally put your information in and the efficiencies of that, right? Yeah, you're From like, a sales this sales makes the fax
0: machine seem slow. This
1: makes, makes everything like, feel mm-hmm. really slow. Mm-hmm. So I had worked on that, and when I moved to Indonesia, I remember I would sit there and I hit that first Netscape browser, and I'd get Cub scores. And it would be like... Ball two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you refresh yep. and you get yep. like an inning later. So by the time I got to San Francisco, I knew I wanted to work in tech.
0: And do you know uh, who Mark Andreessen was? Because yeah, of you course would, like, I did. When you used Netscape, you're like, "Who's?" Well, were, by
1: that time, I was moving 96, 97. Yeah, you know, it's out they, there. it had been out there. it gone public. Andreessen was on the cover of every yes. magazine. Yes, of course he was a hero to yes. all of us. of course. Um, and so I knew I wanted to work uh, around technology. And I started uh, investing, right? And it was the how best did way you to do get that? Any... Well, I a lot just... of people,
0: A lot of people, my audience, want to be investors. It's obviously become very cool. BCL. How did you go from, like, where did you get the job? Or well, did you, do it yourself? you know, one
1: of the things by living abroad, I was able to put away a little bit of financial resources, yes. right? Um, and so I had some money. Yes. I had the ability to. And how old do were that. you at this point? oh, I don't know man, whatever that is, 35, 34. The
0: reason I'm asking that is there's a lot of 20 year olds who always ask me like, Gary, I wanna start investing. I wanna be an investor. I'm like, 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 why don't you work for 10 years, save some money and invest.
1: There you go. Like there's no think, silver like, bullet.
0: Some, yeah, people think Santa Claus is rolling around. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like,
1: anyway. It gets, so, it gets so real do, when do, you got your own so, coin in the game. I'll just tell you, it gets real quickly. Real quick. Um, so I got lucky though, you know, and I think it was hard to get lucky in 1997. Right? Yes. I mean, there's a lot of companies, but yes. one of the early investments we made was this company called Danger, which yes. was the first smartphone yes. and uh, Andy Rubin's group. Um, and, and when you
0: say we, because we didn't get that part. Well, what I was company working with I was,
1: so VSP. So I was VSP. working with a couple other investors yes. in a small partnership. Yep. It was like a little twenty-five million dollar vehicle, which we were, you know, funding a chunk of, right? Yes. So you Personally. some of your money in and you some money. We raised a little yep. bit of money, yep. you know, to sidecar yep. it. Yep. Um, and that company just became really, you know, an important company. It was yep. that T-Mobile yep. sidekick, yep. the first smartphone. Yep. And, you know, we went on to make some investments in a couple public market companies like Quinn Street. Uh, we had a big company called Post Communications. It got bought by another public company called Netcentives. So, you know, we had a good run, right? So and then it went poof. April
0: 2000? Oh, yeah
1: it was like really clear, the dream was over, right? Um, I wanna get a question
0: in, just to break it up yeah. a little bit, but I wanna talk to you as somebody who lived there, because I really didn't. I was tucked away in New Jersey, slowly building Wine Library. I did not live the, I'm worth seven trillion, I now have to go work at Kmart, like so many did. And I'm very concerned for everybody right now who's got entrepreneur in their Instagram account yeah. and making a million dollars selling t-shirts with what happens when the economy melts. So I want to get into it that in a second. I'm aware. Let's <laughs> the first phone call. While Andy's setting that up, I'll let you to start the post. Part of that story, so everything's rolling. You're getting all these cool things. So from 96, 97 to 2000, uh, you know this range. You are investing and you're building. Did you guys raise more capital as a fund? Oh, we did. Yeah, so now, so we're on on to,
1: now we're on our way to a 200 million dollar fund great, because so we had funds, results. We were doing well. We're we're yep. we're starting to get in it. And are you ready? Go ahead. And, and you got a question? Yeah, we're gonna get all a right.
0: question. Well, who's, what's the name? Conrad,
1: Conrad in Minneapolis. Conrad. Oh great. Right, let's
0: see what Conrad in Minneapolis has to say. Hello. Conrad, this is Gary V. You're on the Ask Gary V show with Tony Conrad. What's
2: up, Gary? Oh my god, that's awesome. How are you? What's your what's your question? All right, my question is I work at a tomato farm, all right? Okay. I've been there in fifth grade. Right now I'm in my second year of college.
0: So you've, let me get this right, Conrad, with a K, by the way, not like a C like yours, Tony. You've, Sorry, you've,
3: we can be
4: family. You've, you've,
0: you've, <laughs> you've worked at a tomato farm since fifth grade. You're now a sophomore in college.
2: Yeah, that is correct. Okay, keep going. Community,
4: community college.
0: Respect. I went to Mount Ida. You, you know, you're not hurting right. me. Go ahead.
2: All right, so this uh, year over year, we've been losing revenue, and I've been wanting to explain uh, social media marketing to him, but the we're not organic technically and the places we're in right now are taking more organic than us so they don't really like the hydroponics they like the organic so we're in food co-ops about 30 about 15 restaurants and 15 food co-ops i understand yeah so my question is if this like were to fall through uh would it be possible to, to convert to like a canada's cultivating operation because we are in the minneapolis area so you're not they're not going to be able to cross lines if the laws change but here, here's the actual question i'm going to school for computer technology for web development right now do i continue to like go on this tech world or do i you know wait for the laws to change and work keep working here
1: I understand. So I, get, I think you got two questions really?
2: there. So let's and, talk. And Tony,
0: before you answer that, just one last piece of context for both of us to answer: Is this a family business, or you just work for these individuals because you've known them since you were a kid?
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty close to family. It's not quite family, but I look to him as a grandfather Respect. or
1: father. Thank you. Okay, Tony, yeah, go ahead. That's great. So, um, first thing, you know, businesses evolve all the time. We see it in the technology sector all the time, where people do massive um, evolutions or pivots. Um, at Slack. So I'm a personal investor in Slack with Stuart. Stewart. Stewart, Stewart is tiny spec. started does up as a game. And uh, you know the game wasn't working, and, but there was this one thing that they had built this internal communication protocol, which we all know now and love Slack. They knew that that was working; it made sense, and they made that evolution. Right? They switched over, and you know it's it's a very different business from the one that they were in, but it was one where they were passionate. It made sense for them to go do so. Converting, you know, how you go about converting from one line of business to another, I think that's all possible, right? One of your biggest assets is the team. Um, and the momentum you have is working together and if you collectively agree that you're gonna go in some new direction, that's really powerful, right? You don't gotta start from zero and collect everybody um, uh, along the way. And the second question was, remember? Should he
0: continue down the path of computer science or web development or should he go deeper into the tomato farm with the hope that it changes into a weed farm?
1: Well, I don't know why you can't do both, um, and that's exactly,
0: most, by the way, my answer. So we're going to save time. Yeah, here. Like, what's, yeah. what's the problem with both, Conrad? <laughs> with a K? Can you answer? Like, like, why, why, why did you feel that they were mutually exclusive?
2: Um, the reason being is because this the the farmer I work for. He's kind of against technology. He's he's afraid of the world kind of you know, crumbling down, and what happens when there's no internet? You're not going to have a job, kind of deal. Hey, Conrad, free so, dynamic. Hey, yeah. Conrad, with a K.
0: That is fucking ludicrous, <laughs> what you just said. Like, what are we even talking about here? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. His thesis on what you should do with your life is predicated on the notion that one day the internet might shut down or disappear for a couple hours?
2: Pretty much, I guess, yeah. yeah can, you say- can,
0: you, can you agree with me as a 20, 19 year old human being that that is the most asinine horse shit of all time? It's not. <laughs> Conrad: Yeah yeah, I mean like what are we talking about here? That's like me making my decisions on how to live my life, predicated on the notion of North Korea blowing up America and me dying, and the crazy part is that is far more likely than the fucking picture you just painted.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah Yes to no that's more it's, it's more of like, do I continue the check? and I know you said bull, but it's, it's kind of it's, it's tough. I mean I don't know how to. How to handle that? Well, let me ask you
0: a question. What would be the output of if you followed down the tech route? You'd go get a job. You'd start your own web development shop. Like we need to understand what that means. You're done with your education. You decide to pick the tech route. What are you gonna do?
2: Right. Yeah.
0: So to me, if you have your own little dev shop where you're trying to make 100,000 a year building people's websites, sounds like exactly what you can do from 8 p.m. to midnight. Unless maybe you wake up at 3.30 in the morning in the tomato farm. I need context, but I just genuinely believe you have 18 hours in a day, especially when you're 22 years old. You might have 20 hours in a day, and I just think you can do two fucking jobs. I think you could, you don't have to. You may not want to. Maybe you want to do other things, like as you should, but the question becomes, have you debated the ability to do both if you choose to?
2: Yeah, it's both. both would be the answer, yeah.
0: Both is always the answer if you can do it. <laughs> both is always the both answer to everything. Answer no, but it's true, right Tony? Sure. Both, Absolutely. Conrad, thanks for calling I mean, t- Tony, both is always, both is, listen I've listened to enough sports radio to know when to cut it off. Listen, I think both is the answer when you can do it and I, you know, what I like about that moment why I love this call show is like, look, both may not be the answer when you have two kids and a dog and you've been on a plane. Like, maybe that's not what you wanna do, but when you're hungry in the beginning, like, when you, you could do write, both. You could, I mean, I look at everybody I'm like, both, 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 if you want it so bad. Some don't. Some wanna make a nice living, buy stuff with it, Enjoy the you know the fruits of a sixty to one hundred fifty thousand dollars salary, like going to a concert and buying a T-shirt, and like going to a Knicks game, like Mazel tov. But like if you're hungry, both is real.
1: Yeah, both is real. I've been doing both for a long time. Dude. I'm aware, my man. A long time. I'm we'll a- get into that. Listen, right?
0: Anybody who's winning by the standards of winning professionally, do both. Yes.
1: Like. yes. And by the way, you know, back for Conrad. You know, if you're not working with people that share your passion for something and your way about going about doing it, then you should break rank right away and go find a group of people, go find your posse or create your own posse around your passion and what you want to go do, right? You can do your own tomato farming, you do your own cannabis, uh, you know, manufacture, whatever you want to do. You can do all that yourself, believe in yourself, vote on yourself. Easy.
0: Especially when when the people that you're working with have the... Judge and the jury on their side. Yes. Old Man Farmer is the judge and the jury. Yeah. That's not a partnership. Yeah,
1: he shouldn't determine this young man's <laughs> yeah, exactly. life. Exactly. Absolutely not. Who's next?
2: Justin in Santa
0: Fe. Justin.
3: Hi, this is Justin.
0: Hey, Justin. It's Gary Vaynerchuk on the Ask Gary V show, and you're on with Tony Conrad.
3: Gary V and Tony, what's up? How are you? <laughs> really
0: good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. What's your question, bro? Uh,
3: my question is, I, I developed a product, that's coming up on a year now, that transforms cremated remains into a glaze for ceramic
1: design objects. Tony,
0: admit right and now, this is, the, <laughs> this is the greatest show that you've ever been on.
1: This is, I've just gone from Tony, tomato to, farming to cannabis evolution to, to, to like, okay, this into, dead people turning into glaze. This is this is kind of a new one for me. <laughs> me too, but listen, I've been pitched a lot. Just don't put that glaze on donuts. Know,
0: I am fired the fuck up right now to hear what's going to come out of your mouth. Go ahead. Totally. Yeah, so...
3: When we launched, we got tons of press, from are Today Show, The Guardian, Times London, all this stuff, it was really cool.
0: Real quick, real quick, because I was so, fr- hold on, I apologize, brother. I was so freaked out and excited that I need to hear the next part of the word glazed, because I'm like, is it a glazed donut? Is it a glazed, like, like what oh, is it, one more time? Gosh. You take cre- yeah, the cremation important. of a person into a glazed what?
3: Uh, ceramic design object, so. Something to hang uh, in your home? Sure, yeah, vases, wall pieces, jewelry, uh, and we even sell coffee mugs.
0: Right, so you're drinking out, you're drinking your coffee <laughs> out
3: of great-grandmother. That's a whole new level yeah. of yeah. drinking Dude, a cup yeah, of joe. by the way,
0: bro, real quick, you have to email me separately. I'm signing up for my, I, I wanna be turned into a mass product. I wanna be in everybody's home in America. 300, I need mean, you, can you turn a human into 300 million pieces? Like, I want every yeah, American totally. wearing my ring.
3: Absolutely. Okay. Man, that would be, that would be so cool.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Will, will you commit right now to wear my ring of my death on your finger when I die?
3: Yeah. First oh yeah, customer.
0: yeah. First customer. All right, go ahead, keep going. So you get all this you, you press. Could probably,
3: you could probably have a lot of people doing that at your funeral.
0: Dude, I'm fucking focused on this. Why do you think I'm keeping you on the line? Keep going. So you, of course you get a ton of press. Makes a ton of sense. That's right, why right. we're all reacting. Now what?
3: Totally. Absolutely. We make some sales uh, on the internet and then uh, I've identified the, the way to grow the company as uh, funeral home retail. And I'm having trouble w- uh, getting the funeral homes to carry our product in their showrooms uh, even with the sales proof that I'm providing. And
0: are your products dummy products that if I walk in I would see and, and they could say, hey, by the way, you could turn your relative or loved one into this thing when that moment comes? or since it had, can yeah. I, Okay, I see. Okay, when you say you've made sales, what is the actual, because it feels a little B2B more than B2C, like if my great-great-great-great-grandfather passes away and I want to do this, what's the cost to me to do it?
3: What's the, uh, website? For a, what's the website? For a piece of jewelry, the average is $200 for a larger bottle the average is about $600
0: I see so you're saying that you're just taking a little tiny piece of the of the DNA and creating it I guess it's not like we're taking the whole body and dissecting it into tons of product
3: Correct yeah they Understood. send they send one cup of ashes to my studio which is essentially calcium phosphate and we turn it into a uh, a glaze, which is essentially a glass
1: coating. Well, it's a great idea, but th- there's some challenges here, yeah. right? So normally, I don't like businesses that are dependent on other businesses to be successful, right? So you're dependent okay. on yep. here the funeral home channel because you have a timing issue, right? You can't. It's not like like some businesses that might um, help somebody navigate or create products around death, right? They can do it post. Right, they can follow their right. obituaries in the paper. They, there's all kinds of databases out there. You can do direct marketing, need, all kinds to, of great stuff. But you, but you got a window understand. here, and it's when that moment, like you know, Uncle George just died, what about, what about, and you got to cremate them, about, and you got to pull some ashes and send it out. Right? Wait a minute,
0: I would go a different route. Right. There are a ton of people with ego. And, and narcissistic tendencies like myself that you should go to before they die so they put it yeah. in the will I think the channel b2b is not funeral homes I think it's lawyers and will platforms uh, that okay. I think because because then you're playing to somebody's ego and it's easier to sell to somebody on the ego and happiness versus the sadness of the traumatic event that just happened
5: right
1: I um, like that really huh, Jake yeah I like
0: that psycho- I hit you deep there Jake Ben Ruby that was By good way, psychology. Man.
1: I can't believe it, Gary. I'm gonna invest in that idea if you do it. (laughs) dude, Dude,
0: I think this is an interesting business. I mean it. Like, I think the shrine with the ashes in it is kind of, you know, cool and interesting. And like, I genuinely think, like, for me, if I could convince my parents, you know, you know, I would much rather have them in my home than somewhere. Like, I think it's pretty interesting. Now you're taking it to a totally different level. I think it's pretty clever, man. I would assume, there's no way that you guys were the first company to turn ashes and DNA into products, right? Because it seems so logical. You guys are trying to do it in a more modern and better way. Am I correct in that assumption?
3: Correct, yeah, there's glass products, there's resin products. We're the first to do it with glaze and ceramics.
0: Do Do you know the company called Dollar Shave Club? Yeah. <laughs> so what Dollar Shave Club did was they created a video and it really was the spearhead to their business. I think your business totally. is so unique to the reason why it became viral in the PR world. I think you should spend fifty dollars to $100,000 and you may not have that as a startup or get some interns or do the best you can, produce what I would deem a fifty dollars to $100,000 video output even if you paid zero to produce okay. a video that is got the right tone, and I don't know if it's humorous, I don't know if it's not humorous, I don't know if it's sentimental. I actually think, back to my thesis, you should make four videos, one that's emotional, one that's ridiculously, ridiculously funny, but I think your business could explode if you made Facebook videos two minute videos, the way Purple Mattress, if you wanna go look at an example, are doing around your business, I can see you getting a video that gets 87 million views on Facebook that could change the outcome of your business.
5: Okay,
3: that yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably humor, right? It's humor, for sure.
3: And you think I should target the pre, the planning,
1: not the post-death families?
4: I I think you've got to work
1: both angles. But if you're dependent on funeral homes, they're going to be slow adopters. The economics aren't really clear for them. They're gatekeepers. They're They're
0: traditional. They're worried to offend. They're not going to be innovative. You're going to get nobody.
1: That's right. Well, you're going to get some, but you're not going to get scale.
0: Correct. Nobody. 17 people that are progressive, that've got the kid coming in, they want to do something different, but not 99.1% of the market.
1: That's right. That's pretty cool, man. Good luck, man. Awesome. Take care.
0: I bet you didn't think that question was coming today.
1: I didn't see either question coming today. As Andy's setting
0: up the next one, <laughs> as Andy's setting up the next one, you're rolling. Set twenty five million dollar fund. You get some winners. You guys are able to go and raise some more capital. You have a two hundred million dollar fund. And then it and all then, melts. When when did you did you know the melting was coming, or did or were you young and it was just the way it was, or was there you and I talk a lot about the world melting like off script right now. These yeah. days, the last two of our last three oh, coffees yeah. were that. Back then though, it, I don't think it was as obvious. Did you like kind of just literally wake up in April or was it like in March you started
1: seeing like, how did it hit no, you? No, I think for you? everybody, you woke up. But I tell you what, like when it happened, it was a little bit of a shock. It was like a 9-11 thing. Yeah. You didn't see it coming, but it happened, what right? What happened, Tony? Well, the public markets like, started, the public like markets, yeah, the public markets a long were. Over what period of time? Well, they weren't, va- there was no business models, man. I know, man. And so nobody was really being valued on reality. It I was know. all on hype. Yep. And when that when yeah. came out of the sales, it just just, phew, it just stopped immediately. How much money and, did you guys I've, have to deploy when it
0: hit, still, mm, or, or did you deploy most of the 200 at that point? No,
1: I think we had most of our money
0: And still. so what happened?
1: Well, we ended up we ended up giving it bringing back. It, giving it back. Yeah. So, But I'll tell you what I noticed. Because right? it was committed, if, but yeah, not but in, right? Yeah, here's the point, right? So the thing is, you can't always predict what happens, but pay attention to what the people who have been doing this for a while, whatever industry you're in, pay attention to what they do. Right. Watch how they react, man. Because I tell you what, all the old the OGs of that venture capital industry, they bailed and they started moving money out of companies and they started doing shutting things down. They were being really proactive. And I think, you know, I sat around for a couple of months just trying to oh, catch up like, what's this all mean? Uh-huh. Right. No, 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 no some action there is probably important.
0: My entire team was smiling while you were talking. You might have noticed me looking at them smiling too because I have been yelling for the last year, please stop and I say a lot of things every day. Please stop listening to what I'm saying. Please stop start watching what I'm doing. Yes. Why am I doing a podcast? Yes. Why am I all over Instagram? Being why dumb. am I why am I on Snapchat more today? Why am I like why am I building Alexa skills? Why am I doing this? Yes. The actions, not
1: the words. The actions, not the words, matter. Absolutely. I so back. I tell you what. Go ahead. Let, let me just, uh, yeah, so boy, I tell you, we, we augured that thing in and we, we slowed that whole thing down and it'll bring you to my next investment after we get through this question.
0: Hi, Hello? Dave, you're on the Ask Gary yes, V Show with sir. Tony Conrad. How are you?
4: Yes, sir. Gary, I'm watching you right now and I've been sending tons of messages.
0: Well, you got through, brother. Perseverance, what can I help you with?
4: About time, oh my God, Gary, I've been waiting for this moment, I'm not lying. (laughs) I appreciate it, man,
0: I'm flattered, go ahead.
4: All right, yes sir, let's get to it. All right, so I'm the operations manager for an irrigation company.
0: Listening, I'm listening.
4: Here in Lubbock, Texas.
0: Dude, listen to me, not what's going on on Facebook. I can see, I can hear that you're waiting for it to play on Facebook. There's a little right, delay. All right, all right. Just listen to me, turn, that off. No, yeah, no, no turn that off. no, no, no worries.
1: Go ahead. Just go, roll with it.
4: All right, I just shut off my computer, I'm sorry. No worries at all, all. Right. go ahead my friend. So, I'm the operations manager here for an irrigation company out of Lubbock, Texas. Yep. Okay, um, I've been making some serious business decisions and movements that are going to take this company to the next level. We have been in operations for 30 years now. Basically, what we have our product is a surge valve. We we irrigate crops and we're able to conserve 50% of water while doing it. All we do is we we move the water. We direct the water left and right at intermittent intervals. And what this does is you're able to um, get the water to the end of the field faster while conserving it and. Uh, for the deep water, oh my God, I'm shaking. Whew. You know
0: <laughs> Don't <second>. worry, baby. <laughs> Tony is like, like a router. Like, like a Cisco router, we got Tony it. Tony Conrad is not that intimidating. Let's keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> my heart is pumping so,
4: oh my God, I think I'm dreaming. Don't worry, brother, go ahead, keep going. Okay.
0: We got you. Okay,
4: so our product is, it's a solar powered controlled valve. And um, basically it's, it's a solar powered controlled valve and it's an aluminum valve, it's a T-shaped valve. We direct the water left and right because there's a butterfly flap in the middle. understood uh, You can. Uh, can you ask the guy right next to you on your left side to Google our company? It's PRSurge.com. dot Okay. prsurge Okay. Because this I'm is okay. an I agricultural product.
0: I got it. You I'm got following. You. Go
4: you ahead. Got it. I trust you. I okay, understand. So,
0: I understand your product so, is fifty percent better than the market. What's the punch? What's the punchline of the question here? So you don't look back at this moment and feel like
4: okay. you missed it. All right, I'm sorry. No, no so worries, I got you. So basically, so I've made the connections with other professors and uh, what I'm doing is the way more people are going to find out about who we are is by exposure by creditable credible people. 100%. Which is That's right. agricultural, agricultural engineers, irrigation yep. engineers from universities. See, what happened is this irrigation engineer from Arkansas University, Chris Henry, he published an article about our our search valve, and what happened when this happened was, state it went to the irrigation district, and you know the state of Arkansas, you know, caught eye to it, and of course. basically, the irrigation districts subsidized our product for farmers so they can pay for it, kind of like financial aid for for farmers, brother, That's I, question. I,
0: I, brother, I understand this super well. You're basically doing influencer marketing around your product in a B2B environment that allows governments to subsidize the cost to allow you to be yes, build sir. businesses. So you're probably gonna exactly. ask me how do you scale that up?
4: Nope, uh okay. not really because, well, yeah, that is one of my questions, but <laughs> what I'm also doing is I'm integrating internet into the vowel. Right, so you're IoT. Do, you're
0: IOTing the product.
4: Yes, sir. Okay, so what's so, the question? So the question is, um, how do I... All right, let me give me one second.
0: You got it. Whew. No worries, we got okay. you. Tony's ready.
4: Thank you. So this product has the potential to do great things as in conserving water yep. for agricultural, like feeding the masses. I got it. Now, how do we... Since we're, we're going to make this product better, how do I... Get exposure, I mean, how do I get people to know about us? That's our problem, nobody really knows about us and nobody really cares about agriculture and watering our crops, but that's one of the most important things.
0: Consumers are not gonna drive your business here, bro. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, yeah. When I asked you, when I said you're gonna ask me how to get to scale more of the Arkansas professor, you said no, that's not my question and then proceeded to ask a much worse question. <laughs> I'm
4: sorry. That, that was my question. At first like, you're not, sorry, bro, excited. you're
0: not you're I, not producing Nike or Adidas or or yeah. you're not producing like a Fox Television show. You're not even producing Warby Parker yeah. or Birchbox. You're producing a B two B product. You've already figured out the model to how to do it, which is to get the tastemakers to influence the government. Get
1: more tastemakers. You should
0: yeah. DM the fuck, email on LinkedIn, email on normal email. Like knock on their door and invade their privacy. Like you need to get yep. every tastemaker that is a thought leader in this to write about and be educated about it, and not care that a single hu- who gives a shit if anybody on earth ever cares about this product. Much like so many of the trillion dollar companies that not one of us can name on our
1: best day. That's right. I tell you, I built two companies, dude, um, on based on influencer marketing. You know, first was Sphere and I built it through brands. So I got TechCrunch and I got GigaOM and all the OGs yep. of the blogging world to put a little sphere button on. Yep. Then I moved from that and when I launched About.me, I got individuals like Gary V, yep. Tim Ferriss, Veronica Belmont, uh, Kevin Rose, Matt Mullenweg. I got all the, like, the people that had massive, massive reach Thanks to, for calling, by to, to uh, align and become advisors to my company and basically vouch for what we were doing. You know, before
0: right? we get too far away, I want to use this as a segue. Let's talk about the uh, about.me. You are actively now chairman and CEO? I am chairman. Chairman. Uh, who's CEO? Uh, oh my right. Last. Yes, she's so awesome.
1: Mindy um, is awesome.
0: This, uh, you know, we've talked about three businesses on the phone calls, which have been interesting and have shown our chops to dissect businesses and talk, and it's been interesting. Knowing my audience, about Me is dramatically more important for them. Why don't I give you the five seconds here to, give the commercial that I think benefits them quite a bit. What is About.me, what is it doing, and why should people yeah, care? I love, Especially I love, the creators and entrepreneurs Yeah, of I my love, world.
1: I love Gary Vee's audience because this product is built exactly for, for you. Um, so what it is, it's a personal website or um, personal page if you want. Very simple, one page, um, that allows you to... Do you it, believe, I apologize, because I wanna... Whoop, whoop. Do you
0: believe, I think he's calling back. <laughs> do you believe that for the early creators, early entrepreneurs that may not want to or can't afford to spend fifteen dollars to $30,000 to build their kind of GaryVanertruch.com site, that this scratches that itch to get them there, to support their social media Absolutely. presence? Absolutely,
1: if you're a solopreneur, entrepreneur, you're at the beginning, you're building your own business, you don't need a big clumsy website. Site. Right. Absolutely not. That's a big mistake. What you need is a personal page. It ties into your personal domain, so Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary yep. Vee or whatever that yep. is. You need that page to be able to help you with lead generations, collect emails. Emails are the new currency of this generation, do you as believe, you know.
0: Do you believe that there's a naivete of the far majority of my audience? that just having profiles on uh, Instagram or Facebook make that that they don't need their .com?
1: Oh, 1,000%. As do I, by the way. 1,000%. Watch what I
0: do, not what I say. Why Absolutely. is there a .com? Why is there a VIP email that you goes know what? every day?
1: You need context of who somebody is, if you're gonna work with them, if you're gonna make a bet on them, right? You know, what business do you really have in the beginning? You know, you've got an idea, but what you have is personality, you have yourself, and people are gonna make a bet on you, and they wanna know who you are, what you, what makes you tick, and then they wanna figure out how to get into your social media and all that other stuff, but they need context, I call it the V, where you start broad context, you move down that funnel to something really, really pointed, and get to their LinkedIn later, right? So. You know, the, the, the about.me, yeah, Instagram. Read it, no, no, read the, it. Of your, of, that's perfect, you're it's just, right. It's super funny it's, that you're like, It starts with who you Instagram are as a
0: person. is 0.0001% of my business execution. I think people have fallen into the trap of this, which is why I'm fascinated by what you've been building and evolving because, whether it's your platform or someone else, I, it's inconceivable to me to not well, have we your started domain. off
1: was just a, an About.me page, which was a simple page who introduced who you were to people that were interested in learning more about you, right? So, proper context. What we learned along the way is your audience, solopreneurs, these entrepreneurs, people with a side hustle, right? They increasingly have their own little side gig that they want to promote. And what they need is a page when you land there that can also collect emails, right? So, generate leads, can do scans, scheduling right from that page none of this like collect it and then an email comes to you all that that has your domain tied into it so tonyconrad.com has that domain tied into your email or your gmail account right all that personalized stuff now we're also adding video and we're adding ability to put um, a, um, a little bit of a portfolio up there of just so people can get a taste of what you do, right? Because they're going to make their decision based on their interactions with you thereafter. They're not going to make the decision right there, right? But you got to capture that lead right there in the beginning and there's nothing better to do that and simpler to do that than the product that we built at About.me. So I'm excited about that.
0: So that's the framework. What is? What do you think for an entrepreneur that is a real estate agent or a car dealer or somebody that's trying to sell T-shirts and hats on Instagram? What have you seen some of the entrepreneurs do best on your platform? What's, what's what? Since we've got you here, Chairman, yeah. what's a hack or two <laughs> when they when they go? And play I, with I tell that you one?
1: what. I watch my trainer. I have a trainer, right? Okay. I'm five days a week out there with my trainer, yes, right? So trying to live the dream. And um, so I'll watch people come up to him, and they'll say hey, you got a card or, you know, can I follow up with yeah. you? And he just hands him his business card that has a link to, you know, his about.me page, yes. right? They come there. And is it
0: about.me slash Ricky yeah, or is it about.me.
1: Well, in his case, he's yep. got his name. So DarrenMiddlesworth.com, right? Yes. So you just go directly to his yes. page. Um, but Some it can people. be about.me slash And there's a different
0: pricing, isn't that kind of model? That's right.
1: Once you're into your own domain, yep. then you start paying money, yes. right, for that. Yes. Um, so people will go to his page and they'll see, oh, that's, that guy I met, yep. and then they can schedule or book an appointment right there or book a follow-up email it's from him right there. It's the
0: functionalities that social doesn't allow.
1: Bingo, yeah, exactly, amazing.
0: And so how how fun has it been navigating that business? You were CEO at one point or no? Well, I tell you, you I'm know, trying this to remember my, the narrative. Is,
1: yeah, I was CEO, yes, yes, so this was my second business, um, and it, I've had two runs at this yes. one. So we, Sphere was my first business, yes. um, which, you know, if we take a step back, back yes. to after that bubble yes. burst, this is really important to okay. me. What I learned, I met these guys, Tony Schneider and Ethan Diamond and Ian Lamb. They had a company called OddPost. Remember OddPost? No, I don't Okay, yeah. OddPost was a webmail uh, company. And it was see. one of the first companies leveraging DHTML or Ajax yes. Technologies, yeah. yes. right? right? So movable yeah. objects and yeah. all that. It was as cool as it got. And what I loved about these guys, when I met them after that bubble had burst, these guys were sucking battery acid, man. They were like living in a library. They were working out of the library. They were like,
0: really pumping it and struggling not <laughs> really <even asking> to do
1: <laughs> They weren't actually doing battery yeah. acid. But
0: you what? know what I'm talking it's about? Cr- this they coo- were be like, fuck, they- I'll do that then. And,
1: and, and they were building a company like I had never seen because they were doing it without cash. Right. Right? Cash. and That's right. It was like a whole new efficiency. Money makes
0: you soft and fat and suck. Well,
1: listen, you needed money in the old model. but Not sure, anymore But I tell you, in 2003, right? 2002, we saw Blogger, we saw Flickr, we saw Oddpost. Those were the three darlings of that period. Delicious. And what we learned from all delicious. The, yes. And what we learned from those four companies, right, was that you didn't have to raise a lot of capital to get yourself going because there was stuff in the cloud. There was capital efficiencies happening all around us. and so. That, to me, was amazing. A little light bulb went off in my head. I thought, you know what? Even I could start one of these businesses uh, with a little bit of money. So I started servers. Sphere with a half million dollars, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And we turned that into a very successful business that had a great exit. Um, following that, then I found it about Me. What was the exit
5: there? Uh, we, right we sold
1: it to AOL. AOL? Yeah, mm-hmm. AOL. It was our first our first company to AOL. Yes. Right? You were two-time AOL. Though. That was two-timing. Um, I tell you what was amazing, though. When we started Sphere... Uh, which was Tony Schneider was one of my co-founders from Oddpost um, in 2005. Um, we helped Matt uh, kickstart WordPress uh, with funding. So you know Matt had founded WordPress. We helped him get going, um, and we also helped True Ventures start all in a four-month period. Dude, talk about we had three jobs. True Ventures today has almost one and a half billion dollars under management. Some of the most successful early stage companies, you know, in the last decade. Um, Sphere has already had an exit. Um, WordPress, we all know, is just a massive business, and Matt is a once in a generation type founder. Um, so, like, we did a lot of good work in that time period because we started acting, Moments not just talking about
0: Moments it. Moments in time. Who's this? Michael. Michael. That was such that, that whole two thousand four to two thousand seven eight range was the
1: best moment yeah, ever. Yeah,
0: and, and in AI and VR and other places voice we're having those moments, but that was socials, low cost, early lean play. Me? Michael, you're on the Ask
5: Gary B show with Tony Conrad. Uh don't fucking believe it, man. This is crazy. It's hey, true, my man. It's true, Michael. What's your question, hey, my man? Where hey, are you from? Yeah. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, you. Texas. Cowboy fan? Uh yeah. Yeah, of course. I it, think a birth defect. You have to be.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Let's next question. <laughs> <laughs> go
5: ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So, so my question is, uh, again, thanks for being, thanks for taking my call. Uh, of course, I uh, offered free pudding. Um, so that that uh, Go ahead. Me and my wife have a um, a gourmet dessert company, gourmet pudding company called Pudding on Smiles. Uh, we I left corporate America in 2014 we had a daughter who was a micro preemie and it kind of put me in a state of position to put everything in perspective. And so I jumped and me and my wife started the company from our bakery and um, just went to just putting. And so now I mean, um, it's been growing at a, at a viral rate and when the process we've been growing organically, so we haven't taken out any loans or anything like that. But we're to the point now to where the demand has exceeded our capacity and we're having to look into getting more capital. And so uh, more they, capital you know, to get more I,
0: to make, to be able to make more pudding.
5: Exactly. Well, yeah, because we, we building another production facility uh-huh. and we got purchase orders pending uh, uh-huh. new contracts as I well. Totally we understand. do B2C and we also do B2B. I love and it. so now we're in the position of should we take out the loan to go ahead and do the thing we need to do to cover, you know, some of the working capital that we need? or uh-huh. uh, Should we just, you know, take your quote, the longer you wait, the more you can make. Uh, or should we just go ahead and ride the wave as it is? That's
0: a good question. Um, Tony Conrad, what do you Wait, think? Wait, well, hold on, Re- repeat yeah. that question, will you? He's, you know, he's asking, <laughs> I'm I we looking at the, the, the website. Here's what, ha- here's what he's asking, which is the classic entrepreneurial yeah. question, right? Which is, should they take on capital to speed it up, or should they hold their breath longer so they own more pieces of the company and go, kind of run the marathon? As you know, it could be either or answer. We've it's seen both. for
1: a business like this, yeah. I think you, you try to do it with less capital, right? You try to self-fund this type of business because it's to me not a classic venture capital um, business until it is. Right. I understand. I mean, your products look beautiful, by the this way. This is more
0: of a private equity yeah.
1: or, you know, one of the things that I this love. is like about, angel, this is yeah. friends and family type capital so that you know believe in your mission, These are actually your brand. kind of the
0: businesses that I'm starting to think about investing in. Yeah, Because they're the kind of businesses that are, you get an entrepreneur that's got some money, they're gonna help you and be smart money, but they're not gonna stop you because they're a CFO and an accountant. They're gonna leave you alone and not micromanage. What you need is smart, passive money. Somebody to write you a check, own a piece of your business and leave you the fuck alone.
1: That's right. But yeah. you also want to make sure that you have, um, you're, you're, you're thinking about, I, th- I, I, I think you want passive money, but I think you want smart money that's aligned with the brand. I'll tell you, on Blue Bottle, this is exactly the playbook for us. When we invest in Blue Bottle, a cafe business, small little cafe business uh, with, uh, founded by James Freeman, one of the best, most interesting founders in our portfolio today. Right? Um, We started off incredibly, incredibly slow there. And we brought together a bunch of angels, a bunch of individuals, um, uh, Evan Williams, um, you know, Kevin Rose, just Tim Ferriss, a bunch of of our people, right? Who were excited to support that mission, but also weren't gonna look at this to be the next Facebook, right. right? In the very beginning. And what happened is we were able to continue to build an amazing brand with these incredible founders of movements, supporting what I consider this founder of a movement, around artisanal based coffee. And because we had the right kind of capital structure around the company and the right investors around the company, we were able to accelerate its exposure and we were helped Help it to become the brand that's become today, right? And you look today. I mean, this is a this is a potentially a billion dollar plus, you know, cafe business, right? So I think that you want to walk really slowly, get yourself to an incredible spot before you start thinking about taking dollars that are going to force you out of your comfort zone and to accelerate your growth prematurely. Passive smart
0: money, exactly. Absolutely, the way you just described that is exactly verbatim how I would think about it.
5: Because one of the things, one of the dynamics that changed from last year to this year in particular is that last year we only did farmers' market. And we was only working two days a week. And we did roughly about 140 um, in a six, seven month period. This year we're going to do a probably anywhere between seven hundred to a million because we now we have uh, we're expanded to kiosks inside of malls and we have our so go so I'm going to interrupt attached. you
1: I'm gonna interrupt you there so Blue Bottle started off in farmers markets started off over in the Berkeley yes. Bowl and it came over to San yes. Francisco to the Ferry Building that was its first three or four years of existence then he went yes. and he spent less than thirty thousand dollars to open up a cafe on Linden Street um, in the garage of a friend who owned that building you rolled up that garage, had a little cafe. Pretty soon it was as cool as it got because the product was beautiful, the product was spot on, it was thoughtful, Um, and he developed a cult following that by the time he then went and opened a much more expensive cafe, Mint Plaza in San Francisco in the Ferry Building, he knew that he had. He was taking a calculated risk, right? He had an audience okay, yeah. and a brand that was already building. You know, I love the fact that you've started off in a farmer's market and you're moving into you know broader reach. Um, it's really great. Yeah. But walk slowly with these first units that you're opening. Um, don't get ahead okay. of yourself. Make them work. Hey, Tony, then you can get there. Tony,
0: right? Yeah. Okay. You're, you're Tony. I'm sorry. The call. I apologize. Michael, right? Michael, right? Yes. Michael, yes, do me yes. a favor. Email me at Gary at VaynerMedia with your, uh, with your company and a title. I want to talk to you. I'm intrigued by what you're talking about.
5: All right. So I definitely appreciate
1: it. And well, send Gary some pudding because yeah. he's melting <laughs> away.
5: I, I, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I definitely got to do that. I I, I, I love my gin case. I just got the gin case in about a couple months ago. I appreciate so it. But save, a, save, I, save
0: some money for the Gary V's that dropped November 14th.
5: Yeah. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. But okay. I have one more question. One more question. Go ahead, real quick. My next question is on the documentary side of things, yes. because one of the things that we have is our backstory, yes. why we got started in the first place, because of our daughter. Yep. Um, and so the document aspect, being a product-based company, should we document that even though?
1: 100,000%. 100,000%. Absolutely. Okay. Story and origin is everything. everything. It's why
0: you give a fuck about everything.
1: Superman. I'll tell you, the best founders have a vision for their product. They don't often, often they don't even, they don't create the category. Bree Pettis didn't create 3D printing. James Freeman did not create artisanal based coffee. Matt Mullenweg did not create the blog, right? But they have a vision for how their product intersects with their consumer's life. And they're able to impose that vision on that consumer in an intelligent way because they have a product that just fits, right? And that story, that origin is so mission critical in the authenticity of your brand and what you're doing, that if you don't uh, develop that and own it, and it becomes just something that's second nature to everybody who joins your team over time, and everybody that buys your product, that is a miss, right? So a, double so down on that.
0: Michael, give, send me that email. We'll, we'll talk.
5: I will do, we'll do. Okay. I appreciate talk it, to you. Thanks, Tony. Well.
1: You're welcome,
0: Michael. Tony, parting parting thoughts. Anything you didn't get off your chest?
5: Oh man, I got a lot to get off
1: my right, chest, no, we have, <laughs> We'll I we'll have have to.
0: We'll probably, I'm gonna make a point. We're gonna have you back on for part two, but, Last parting thoughts here.
1: You know, there's no silver bullet. I think for those um, young people, you started off the show by talking about you want to be investors. And, you know, I tell you, I tell you what, I see a lot of smart people that want to be investors and they're not prepared. They come out of school or they, you know, prematurely want to leave a job after a couple of years and they want to get into the game and start doing it. And I think that's, I mean, it's possible it's definitely possible. But you're much smarter to get out there, build a network, build yourself a product, do it, live it, be it, and then over time, start figuring out how to trickle some of your dollars in, start living and being that, then you'll be ready to be an investor because you'll have embedded networks, you'll understand the language, and you'll have something to offer, right? You will genuinely have something to offer. There is no silver bullet to get into this game.
0: I love you. Question of the day. Every guest on this show gets to ask the Vayner Nation a question. You'll get lots of answers on Facebook and YouTube and wherever else this could shares, but now it's living on Facebook, so predominantly Facebook. Uh, what is your question? I got two
1: questions of the day. One is: I want to know, I want to know Cubs Nation out there. I yes. want to know what your confidence level is right now about this year. All right? All right I, copies, just need, baseball, I just need understand. a I just need a one liner that says thumb up, thumb We got this, emoji. we got don't it. got this this all right Number but two, the other question I'm really interested in is um, why why what are you guys all using right in terms of your personal branding site and why aren't you using products like about me right because you absolutely is the need question, to have it. is
0: the question what are you using outside of social because social is what yeah what do you
1: reason yeah what are you because social is not, using- social is not gonna get you there right social needs a it needs a context without a context you know social is just you know it's it's noise
0: so let's frame that up what are you using outside of social to build your personal
1: brand? That's right. All right. Absolutely. My man. Thank you.
0: Real pleasure. pleasure. To be here. You keep asking questions. We'll keep answering them. Podcast listeners, I really appreciate you giving me your ear. I respect it. I appreciate it. You want to one star this shit? Cool. But if you want to five star it, even better.